Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the host of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizuki. Thanks again for listening to us, Growing in Grace. I'm Mike, along with Joel, and uh, we're here for another 15 minutes to uh, focus on the goodness of God's unconditional love, His grace, His mercy. It's all free. We are going to get into a a passage of Scripture that we got into last week in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, talking about the righteousness of God, how Jesus Christ became sin for us so that we could be made the righteousness of God in him. Joel, good to be with you again. Hey, you too. And man, that sentence, I mean, that, you know, Second Corinthians 5.21, I mean, right off the bat here, that just blows the mind. It just blows my mind that Jesus Christ, he was sinless. He was without sin. You know, he was born of a virgin, and he walked in the power of the Holy Spirit his whole life, fulfilled the law. He got up there on the cross was nailed to the cross, and he became sin for us. I mean, just think about that. He And, and in fact, you back up even more. You know, we were talking about therefores last week and backing up and backing up. You keep seeing therefores of the Bible. Well, just back up to, the, to Jesus Christ when he was in heaven. And, you know, Philippians talks about this, that he gave up all his rights as God. Everything that he was as God, he gave that up so that he be, he could become a human being. He could become one of us. So not only did he not sin, but he went to even further depths than we could ever imagine so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. That, I don't think we give Christ enough credit for what he's really done for us, Mike. Well, it does blow the mind. And and if I were to sit here and try and figure it all out, Joel, I know I never could. I mean, this, this gospel, it is simple enough for a child to get, but it's so complex that we're going to spend the rest of eternity trying to understand it, I think, um, at least uh, to the extent that, that we need to know it. Uh, think about this. God, who became a man, I mean, this is the creator of the universe here. <laughs> the creator of everything who has always existed and always will for him to to take to become sin i mean we know he died right i mean christ died but he didn't just die because his body was bleeding he also i believe died spiritually uh god the creator of of the of the world the, the holy one the righteous one he he died not just on the cross but I believe he he died spiritually. I mean, sin on the cross being sacrificed, all of mankind's sins, the entire sin of the world, past, present, and future, all being nailed right there, being laid on this one man, and and then to realize that it's the 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 one true holy uh, entity that exists in in the in the entire universe or uh, of the many universes that may be out there, mm-hmm. maybe universi. <laughs> Is that more than one universe? <laughs> universi. Yeah, I mean it. It, it just but it, you sit there and you meditate on this and you say, "Wow, he did this for me," um, because you see, you and I could never get to the place where we would do enough to be right with God. It, it just it just was never going to work, mm-hmm. and it never will. Well, we know, Mike, that you know Jesus has always existed. He has never not been in existence because Jesus Christ is eternal. 
You know, he, uh, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And and he says, this is eternal life, that we know him and that we know the Father. And in, in many ways, we can search the scriptures and, and just find out about the identity of of uh, this part of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, who was God and who was with God, as, as it says in, in John. And this Jesus, who is eternal, has never, ever... In, in all of his eternal life, in all of eternity, which is which covers everything, past, present, future, and stuff that's outside of time that we can't even understand, and in all of that, Jesus has never done anything wrong. He's never sinned, and yet God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. And if you flip that over and you talk about us, you know, human beings, we're not... Uh, eternal. We didn't. I mean, he has given us eternal life now, but we were created. You know, Jesus was never created. We never did anything right. If you, if you listen to the prophets, the Old Testament prophets who testified God's word about mankind, there is no one righteous. There is no one who does good. There is no one who seeks after God. That's the testimony of God about man. And yet, when Jesus who knew no sin, was made sin for us. God made us the righteousness of God. We had never done anything right. We'd never done anything righteous. And God turned it all around. This is what God has done for us. As hard of a time as we have of understanding it, we can at least comprehend it enough to share this with other people, that that's what Christianity is about. That's what our life in Christ is about. We're not out to try to get everybody to start living right. Sure, we want, we want to help. We want to make this world a better place by doing the right things ourselves and by helping other people to do the right things, but that's not what it's all about. It's about Jesus Christ having become sin for us, that we could become God's righteousness as a gift. Well, think about it, Joel. I mean, you, you, you said it pretty well. The only the only guy, if I can just use that word, the only guy who never did anything wrong is the one who got charged with everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but if I were to have a, a bad dream, I would say one of the worst dreams I could have, and, and and maybe you can even imagine this in real life because I'm sure that I'm sure you've you've seen stories of this really happening to people, and that is, can you imagine being charged with something that you didn't do? You were accused of a crime that you did not commit, and suppose it was something real serious that could land you in jail for the rest of your life, and yet you were completely innocent. We know that this has happened to people, and you just kind of sit there with this compassion and this this sorrow to find out that somebody may have spent years, even decades, in jail for something that they did not commit. Well, here's here's the one true innocent man of all time. Uh, and and he's charged with every single thing that all of us have ever done wrong, uh, and uh, the entire sin of the world. Remember John the Baptist, how he introduced Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the the sin of the world away. or the world's sin. And uh, where where do you suppose he takes it to? I mean, he takes it away. I, I think sometimes we read these verses and they don't really sink in. Even that one, I've probably heard it hundreds or thousands of times. And I never really stopped to think about it. But where does he take the sin to? He takes it away. I mean, literally, he takes it away. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've never really thought of it that way either, Mike. But as we sit here talking about that, that really speaks to me. You know, because, yeah, where 
<laughs> Take it away. Well, okay, but it's, yeah, something has to happen with it because it's just not swept under the rug. But Christ became sin for us. Yeah, and well, and, and I don't really have to know, I guess, where he takes it away to, Joel. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, gets, it just gets thrown around out there in outer space. I don't know. But uh, I do know this. Because he takes it away, now we can stand before God uh, with boldness and confidence and assurance because he has declared us to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, that, that was the requirement for us to be able to, to enter into relationship with him and to experience eternal life was to, to, to be right with him, to be declared clean, to be declared uh, under the umbrella of perfection. And that's what we've been declared because of Jesus. I think, you know, what you're getting at there is is the application of all this is that, you know, since Christ became sin for us and we have become the righteousness of God. And, you know, this verse says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Well, that phrase right there, I looked it up in the Greek, that we might become, it doesn't mean... Oh, we may be, or perhaps we'll become someday the righteousness of God. But that phrase means, right now, this is what has happened. This is made to, it's made to be. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we were made to be the righteousness of God. So it's a fact. It's established that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so we can, with boldness, stand before God knowing that we have his righteousness, knowing that we're not guilty, we're not condemned anymore, not because of what we've done. And and the thing is, you know, like we've talked about, even though, even when we had sinned and when we were enemies, God reconciled us to himself. God did the reconciling for us. You know, even if, if we were sinners before and then we were reconciled to God, now that we're righteous, sometimes we sin, we can't let that sin uh, make us feel guilty or condemned in front of God because even though we sin, we have become the righteousness of God in him and we can stand boldly and uh, knowing that we are sons and daughters of the living God uh, because he's made us to be that way. He's made us righteousness and that's not you know, giving an excuse to go out and sin and, and be licentious. You know, Of course, we're not talking about that. But just knowing that what God has declared us to be is true. God's word is true, and he says that we became the righteousness of God, and we can stand on that because it's truth. Yeah, uh, Joel, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, here you are as a Christian. That maybe the, the one thing that is going to help you stay in the grace walk, so to speak, uh, keeping a, a right mentality about the fact that you are righteous. Well, John put it this way in his epistle. Uh, we have believed in the love that God has for us. Hmm. If, if you can come to the realization and, and, and greater understanding that God will always love you no matter what and nothing is ever going to change your position in Christ because of that unconditional love, if you can begin to trust and believe in that through the hills and the valleys that life has to offer, um, you're going to come out on top. I mean, it's it's one of the keys to victory in every area of your life is understanding that God's love for you truly is unconditional. And once you begin to get that, and once you begin to realize that, uh, it, it, you know, we're, our relationship with him is likened to a marriage. And, you know, in a marriage, trust is a very important factor. Uh, 
And if you begin to lose that trust, a lot of a lot of the foundation that that marriage was built on can crumble a little bit. And some of you have been through some of that. You know what I'm talking about. Well, uh, the the trust uh, the, uh, of God's love for you and, and, and clinging to that through thick and thin is, is going to put you over the top. Because most of my uh, struggles in my Christian life, especially as a younger man when I didn't understand the exchange life or, or the grace walk or any of that, one of my biggest struggles was wondering if God still loved me. Um, realize that he does. Hmm. You know, I'd... I would, I would love it if we could continue on with that thought because, you know, it's, there's some great stuff there. Unfortunately, we've got to wrap things up. But just one final thought uh, is that it's it's so easy to get carried away in our feelings. You know, when we sin or when we don't feel like we're measuring up to God, we start feeling condemned. We start feeling guilty. We've got to compare and contrast our feelings with the truth. You know, the Word of God, the truth says, you know, that we have become the righteousness of God in Him. Sometimes we don't feel that way, but that doesn't make it not true. I mean, that, that doesn't make that, our, our, that doesn't make our feelings true. Our, our feelings sometimes betray the truth. And so we can trust, like you're talking about, Mike, we can, you know, we can walk in trust, trusting that God's Word is true, that what He says is true. And as we grow and grow and grow in that trust, trusting in Him, then hopefully then our, our feelings won't betray us as much anymore and we'll know that we're walking in the truth. Well, we got to end it for this one, Mike. I'm Joel along with my good friend Mike, and we're talking about the grace of God. Check out more at gracefruits.org. We'll be back again with you next time. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. 